Finding a service solution that helps you keep customers happy can feel impossible. Just like trying to remember the name of that guy you literally just met at a networking event. HubSpot's all-new Service Hub can help, with the service solution part at least. It brings service and success together on one powerful platform, with an AI-powered help desk and chatbot to handle your frontline tickets, so you can scale support and drive retention and revenue. Visit HubSpot.com service to learn more. Howdy, folks. It is Tuesday, December 6th. I'm Jacob Cohen here with Hustle Writer and Editor Mark Dent, and you are listening to The Hustle Daily Show. Today, we're going to be talking about how winter is coming. Literally, it is quite cold up here in Boston. I'll be freezing my tuckets off soon. But more specifically, a winter is coming in media. December is often the season for media layoffs, but damage is especially severe this year. Feels like one moment we're living in the golden age of media businesses and the next maybe we are very much not and we are out of it. And Mark has got the story on that. But before we get to all that, here's what else is going on in the world of business and tech. Let's get crackalacking. All right. First things first, Warner Bros. Discovery execs are reportedly closing in on the name Max for their upcoming merged streaming service. I find this interesting because HBO, I feel like has had such a messy time with names in the past. You have HBO, HBO Go, HBO Now, HBO Max, and now potentially just Max. Understandably, some want to keep the name HBO just for the prestige, but removing it could remove some of that confusion. But it could also just add more confusion in. Who knows? All right, moving along. The Swifties are suing. Following November's ticketing mess, 26 Taylor Swift fans are suing Ticketmaster for anti-competitive conduct. So you're actually writing about this for uh, an upcoming story, right? I am. I'm sort of kind of digging into the economics of Ticketmaster, if you will, and just trying to really get into how Ticketmaster became what it is and the conditions that allowed it to become that. I'm mainly just trying to think like, you know, everyone hates Ticketmaster. We all know that. But what led to Ticketmaster existing? And could we have anything better? Obviously, there's a lot of Taylor Swift fans who think so, but the answer is actually a little bit more complicated. Okay, we look forward to that story. I'm sure many of these Swifties will look forward to reading that as well. Moving along, Slack founder Stuart Butterfield is leaving Salesforce, which bought Slack for $27.7 billion in 2021. I'm not going to do anything entrepreneurial, he wrote in a Slack message to his team. These days, my fantasies are about gardening, he said. <laughs> I love that. And by the way, that was among many other things he, he wants to uh, spend his time on. This comes as over the last year or so, a bunch of these kind of famed startup CEOs and founders of the last decade from companies like Pinterest, Airbnb, Instacart have moved on from their primary leadership roles. And, you know, Peloton founder John Foley is now starting a carpet company. I feel like the time is kind of coming to an end for a lot of these famed tech CEOs of the last decade. And lastly, yesterday we spoke for a while about AI, and today there's some more news on that front. First, we have Facebook dating testing AI face scanning age verification. Didn't know they had any users on there to verify, but I'm <laughs> also Adobe will sell AI made stock images. That's a big point of contention in the space. Getty Images for now does not plan on doing this. And lastly, Stack Overflow has temporarily banned the use of chat GPT generated content code. 
which it says contains a bunch of errors. I spoke about some interesting implications of ChatGPT on yesterday's pod. You go check that out. Okay, Mark, let's talk about this media winter that's happening. Now, to me, it feels like there's not a super consistent theme here. Like we've seen cuts across cable, radio, streaming, across business models, subscriptions, advertising. What is going on right now? Yeah, the media industry as a whole, it encompasses a whole lot. Like everything that you just said there counts as media. Right. <laughs> Sometimes I think people will just sort of think, oh, it's just, you know, people who write for websites or newspapers or, you know, they're on radio, TV, et cetera. But it's so large and, and the companies involved with it have gotten so big and so random, frankly, <laughs> that you just have this state of turmoil that just exists as a status quo. You, you never know who's going to be owning whatever media organization. You never know when they're going to sell it. You never know who's going to get really mad at the media. Obviously, someone like Elon Musk has been doing that a lot lately. But we've heard that from a lot of CEOs and whatnot, and, and even CEOs who've wanted to start their own media entities, and some have done better than others. We just mentioned ChatGPT, like there's the possibility of that replacing writers one day. <laughs> yeah. So there's a lot of turmoil. And, and almost every year, there's going to be layoffs to some extent. Yeah. So where exactly are we seeing some of these layoffs go down? So in the last week alone, we've seen CNN slash around 200 jobs. Gannett, which owns USA Today, as well as lots of local newspapers, has cut around 200 jobs, which is close to 6% of their staff. Mm. Paramount Global, 30 employees. We've also seen NPR. They're not having any layoffs yet, but they're going to cut $10 million from their budget, which is huge. Yeah. And they're going to freeze hiring. The New York Times, again, no layoffs yet. But their reporters are threatening to strike potentially as early as this week if management doesn't offer a contract with better wages by December 8th. And to add to that, a couple of places where I used to work, believe it or not, the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette and the Fort Worth Star-Telegram, two local newspapers in two pretty big cities, they are on strike right now. Mm. We were in an era where we hadn't seen a newspaper strike in around 20 years. There are two on strike right now. And we could see another one, the biggest one, within a week or two. And it's really pretty unprecedented to see that in recent history. Yeah. So it's clearly across, like you said, local newspapers, everywhere from there to Paramount Global. But what is kind of the underlying cause or are there multiple causes behind some of this turmoil? The top cause for any amount of sort of bloodletting, any sort of layoffs in media tends to be advertising. And advertising, as we know, tends to fall during economic downturns. We're sort of experiencing an economic downturn. I think people argue whether we're in a recession already. A lot of people think a recession is going to come. And so when you just have this sort of forecast of things, people are going to start making moves. And the media industry has kind of diversified away from advertising. And as you know, most of our listeners are aware, subscription models, and that's still a huge piece of it. And, and for some media organizations, it's the biggest piece. And so we've seen, I think, ad numbers go down, but more importantly, we're just seeing projections go down. And mm. so that's giving people an excuse there was a good quote in the Wall Street Journal from somebody who is a vice president at Moody's who said, quote, there's a nasty expression. You can't let a perfectly good crisis go to waste. Mm. Um, so it's, it's kind of like these layoffs are probably getting ahead of a potential recession. But again, yeah. like that's not really the only thing. Like these seem a little bit bigger and more serious. And I think the one reason for that is 
for the last couple of decades, we've been talking about a great shift in the media landscape. It's happened, you know? We have seen, instead of people watching cable TV, they're switching over to streaming, which is not profitable. Yeah, very much not. So that's another reason. Like A lot of these media companies have spent a ton of money on streaming and not seen a return, so they're having to cut in other areas. That's, that's especially where CNN is being hurt. So that's one huge shift. But the other huge shift, I think, is like the the even bigger one that we've all noticed, right, which is, you know, newspapers and magazines. You know, we've talked about for a long time, oh, they're dead. Well, Well, they're not actually dead, but they have been trailing off year by year by year. And we saw this week, Washington Post, they cut a lot of their staff from their Sunday magazine, and they will mm. no longer do the Sunday magazine. So it's kind of like we had like this long period of sickness and some of these things are now starting to die. Another example would be headline news on CNN. As part of their cuts from last week, they've announced headline news will no longer have live news. It will essentially not be headline news anymore. <laughs> it will be very much not the headline. Yes, it, it may still have, uh, it's still supposed to have some programming on it, but it's not going to be what we've had. And, and Brian Stelter, who used to work at CNN, uh, wrote an essay for The Atlantic, who kind of termed this media winter. And he was saying that headline news and other similar kind of legacy products like that have had this long obsolescence. And now some of them are dying. And headline news is one of those casualties. Yeah. You mentioned Elon Musk earlier. He had one tweet earlier this week, or maybe late last week, that kind of relates to this. And He said that the more Twitter improves its signal-to-noise ratio, the less relevant conventional news becomes. I think that is a fair point. You see a lot of reporters just doing reporting on Twitter these days before they necessarily write their story for a major outlet, I think. For sure. I mean, that's another sort of thing that maybe it's not yet causing a huge effect on the media industry, but it could, depending on where Twitter ends up landing, you know, six months from now, what what kind of shape it's in. We obviously saw last Friday, there was a big news story regarding Twitter and the executives' handling of Joe Biden's son's laptop story from 2020, and it came out on Twitter. And I think that there's a lot of questions of why that was the chosen medium for it and what conditions there were that led to it coming out on Twitter, obviously. But nevertheless, even for media, this great (laughs) industry of turmoil, as I mentioned, there is a little bit more turmoil than usual. Yes, I think that's safe to say. Even a year ago, that would have been a story that would be on the breaking news, five o'clock CNN or something like that. (laughs) Right. Very much not something that came from an individual Twitter account in the way it did, but... Things are changing. They are. And bada bing, bada boom. That's going to do it for us today. Thanks for tuning in to The Hustle Daily Show. We're a proud part of the HubSpot Podcast Network. Our editor today is Robert Hartwig and our executive producer is Darren Clark. We've got a lot more tech and business coverage in our newsletter. If you're not subscribed, go get yourself signed up at thehustle.co slash email. Have a terrific Tuesday. We'll see you bright and early tomorrow.